Hey, Magic Makers. Today we are talking about Voldemort. I mean, social media and the algorithm. I often feel like I am saying something about he who must not be named because the algorithm and social media, it just, it's this thing. It's just this presence. It's this entity that I know I'm not alone in feeling like I just never quite crack the code fully. And I've come to the realization that that is okay. And I also know that social media is a huge, powerful thing that can really help us build our businesses. It's the way that I get most of my leads. It's the way that I understand the type of content that people are looking for, the types of problems that people are hoping to get solved. Um, it's It can be fun and creative, like choosing colors and fonts and coming up with fun things to say that really help people and connect with people and maybe even help them laugh a little bit. Like social media can be a wonderful, positive thing, but it can also be a total bitch. (laughs) And so because I know I'm not alone in this feeling, I went on a search for people who seemed to have it at least somewhat figured out. And in my search, I found Shantae Gorman. Shantae is the owner of a social media management agency called Sugar Punch Marketing, and she helps people grow their online businesses with content and strategies that pack a punch. I have been following her for a couple of years, and then recently I really started to see a lot more of her stuff because... I was getting served more of her stuff because I was looking for help with social media. And I just really love her approach to social media because it's very grounded and it's very balanced and it's not at all salesy or like hacks or trickery. It is very much just like, how do we figure out how to set ourselves up so that we can stay sustainable and consistent, meaning our social media practice, both in posting and consuming, by the way, how do we make sure that it's healthy and not burning us out or keeping us addicted to our phones? It's just such a complicated, crackly issue. And so I thought, who better to talk to about this than someone who literally runs an agency and also is a mentor for other social media managers about how to set boundaries with social media while still using social media to grow your business. This conversation exceeded all of my expectations. I knew she was going to be amazing because I love the content, again, that she puts out, especially on Instagram at Sugar Punch Marketing. But this conversation is about how social media can support and sustain our businesses, And also we talk about how to work with social media managers if you are a self-employed entrepreneur. Social media, it's, it's just unavoidable. Sorry about it. It's unavoidable. You need it. It is the world that we live in. So why not make social media something that can be a positive piece of the puzzle that maybe can 
be an outlet for your creativity, be a place where you can pull in and call in people who really want to pay you for your services and your expertise, and also make connections with other entrepreneurs online. I mean, I have so many internet friends. (laughs) I am sure you guys can relate. I have friends who I feel extremely close to who I have never met in real life, IRL, as the kids say. And there's a very good reason for that. Social media can be a place where we can, we have the potential to show up as our full authentic selves, um, to connect with people, to help people. Let's just get into this conversation because Shantae can say all of this way better than I can and give us some actual proven strategies while she's at it. So you're welcome, everybody. Here is Shantae Gorman of Sugar Punch Marketing. Shantae, thank you for responding to a DM from a stranger. (laughs) Not going stranger danger, but (laughs) joining me here on Find Your Magic. Absolutely. I am happy to be here. Um, Like I said earlier, I am always happy to chat about social um, and I try to be pretty open in my inbox. Yes. I love that so much. And I think that that's such a undervalued thing is that openness rather than like openness to whatever comes your way and what crosses your path. Cause you never know what connections are going to build you up, are going to lead to something else. That's really exciting. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Ah, shucks. You're welcome. (laughs) I, so you guys, I asked Shantae on because I've been following her for a couple of years on Instagram specifically. And I found that I like everything she puts up, I hit the save button pretty much every (laughs) single time. And she primarily works with social media managers, but she has so many valuable resources for how to work with social media and with social media managers as a self-employed entrepreneur. Before we get into that, I would love, Shantae, if you would kick us off by sharing your story of how you started your business. Because as we talked about before we hit record, so often there's this, like, we only see the end result of like, we have a successful online business that we've been building for four years and we don't see the nitty gritty of the humble beginnings, the often humble beginnings. So I'd love if you wouldn't mind sharing that story with us. Of course, I am more than happy to share. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to it. So it doesn't start off very happy, which is probably how most businesses kind of sprout. (laughs) I always say, (laughs) yeah, I always say the best businesses and the best ideas and the best art is born on the bathroom floor. Because that's ah, where, that that's where we find ourselves like humbled and crying on the bathroom yeah. floor. I even went so far one time as to make a business plan to launch, um, tear absorbent bath mats with a, <laughs> with a tissue packet, like built into the side. Oh that's how, that's how often <laughs> I hear this, you know, humble beginning. <laughs> that is genius. Thank so you. if you need, if you need a backer, like, let me know. <laughs> I will call you. <laughs> Um, okay. So my story, um, so it starts uh, about seven or so years ago. Um, I was married. I had a two-year-old. Um, I was currently pretty pregnant, pretty far along. 
Um, and then my marriage just imploded, found out some news. You can guess what it was. Mm. Um, and it was like, immediately I needed to remove myself from the situation. Um, so my daughter and myself went to go live with my parents. Um, and it was a pretty abrupt change, especially when you are an adult and you have children and now you're like moving in with your parents, which, you know, it's a humbling experience in itself. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I also, you know, I was down to my part-time income all of a sudden. And so I couldn't pay any bills. Um, My parents were like feeding us and housing us and like buying stuff for the baby that was coming. And just, it was, it was a lot. Um, And then I was also in the process of filing for divorce, which is very expensive. It's own wonderful (laughs) treasure trove of of all the things. Yes. So I was dealing with that and just, I, I had no idea how I was ever going to be able to afford to financially provide for myself and my kids. Like I didn't want to have to live at my parents' house. You know, I didn't want no, them to, none of to us do. raise my kids. And like, you know, it, it was just, it was not a great situation to be in. Um, And so throughout that year long divorce process, you know, I had my son Um, and it was just, I had no idea how, how I was going to find like a nine to five and deal with childcare and then costs and like a single income and all of the things. And I wasn't able to find a job that just where I could make it work. Um, and so then I started kind of exploring. Um, I do have like a background in marketing and like graphic design and helping small businesses with that. Um, and I, I had dabbled in freelance a little bit throughout the years, but like I, it was for people who were like, Oh, you, you do graphic design. Can you, you know, whip up a business card for me for like 15 bucks. (laughs) So that wasn't exactly something that I, I knew where to get clients like sustainably where it would be a consistent income. Um, and then I stumbled across being a social media manager and I did my research and I was like, I can do this. You know, I've, I've helped promote Facebook businesses before. And that was back when Facebook business pages were like the big thing. Oh yes. Um, I remember the days. (laughs) If I'm probably dating myself. No, Um, same Facebook and blogs. Everything was like, start a blog. Yeah. Start a blog and a Facebook group or a Facebook page. That was like that era. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) And you're like techie. You're like high tech if your business has a a Facebook page. So um, it kind of went from there. I did my research. I let people I know, know that I'm doing this. And I got a couple of clients. I responded in Facebook groups. Like I was everywhere trying to get clients. And of course I was also dealing with like, who's going to pay me to do this? Like, I know I can help, but like, who's Mm. actually going to pay me? Um, And eventually I did find a new client. Um, She took a chance on me, my first client. I think it was like 300 bucks a month to do a ton of work. Clients who like, who get us through probably a lot of imposter syndrome. I honestly think that new, like people who are new to the game are unsung heroes because they're really hungry to learn what works. Mm -hmm. Like if you can make yourself the guinea pig for someone like that, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and they're, they're really going to work hard for you. They're mm-hmm. really going to deliver. They're going to, you're, you're their baby. You're their baby <laughs> client. <laughs> so 
they're going to take care of you. Um, but yeah, so she took a chance on me and then it just kind of went from there. My confidence grew. I got more clients because I was showing up more because I was more confident and it just kind of grew from there. Um, fast forward. Um, I met someone new. I am now recently remarried. Congrats. Um, Thank you. Uh, and my business has expanded. Um, we have, we're a six figure company. I have a team that helps me with my agency. Um, and then I also mentor social media managers who are just getting started as well. So that's so it's, it's, exciting. It's a full, full spectrum of things that have happened. Oh, I love this story so much. Thank you for vulnerably sharing all of this, because I think that when you're in the thick of that, oh my God, I'm at my parents' house. Cause same, same, not with kids, yeah. but, um, went through a, like a divorce level breakup. I was living with yeah. the person long-term and, uh, had to move home at the age of 34. And it yeah. was, as you said, perfect word humbling. Yes. <laughs> and, and when you're in the thick of that, it's like, you can't even imagine how things are going to get better, but it's also kind of an incredible place to be because you're so open to whatever Mm -hmm. the next best thing is. Like you're almost ready to just follow like your gut, your heart, whatever you want to call it. It's like if something lands in front of you and makes you feel a little crackly and a little spark. You're like, Ooh, I like this feeling. Let's pursue this. Let's see what we can do here. So I think a lot of people in that beginning, you know, I don't really know what this is going to be yet. And all I'm seeing is like six figure entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. It can shame us. We can experience this shame of like, well, why not me? Like, why not? Why can't I do that? So I want to talk next about how social media can be a double-edged sword, right? Like we can, it can be this thing where we're only seeing that shiny, you know, highlight reel and we can get in a shame spiral or social media is incredibly powerful for finding people who genuinely want to connect with you, pay you if you're an entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. how, so I would love for you to talk about how social media can actually be a tool when you're in that place, like how social media can actually support you when you're in those beginning mushy stages being like, I yeah. don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. I think it's important to find people who understand where you're coming from maybe they're in the same position as you um and they're just trying to figure things out it doesn't necessarily mean they're an expert or they have the answers but even just being able to sympathize and validate you is is really big and then maybe you know those discussions they'll be like oh I found this person they're really great they've been through such and such but maybe there are a few steps ahead of you in your journey maybe they do have some answers and I think that's that's the magic of social media is building yourself a little community, finding the little corner of internet where people are positive and they are realistic and they're sharing not just the highlights, but you know, the nitty gritty as well. And that's one of the things that I share and you, you share as well, because 
yes, I have a six figure business, but I also have mental health issues. You know, there's other things happening in real life and we're humans. Um, every yeah. business, I think we forget sometimes every business owner, including ourselves is a human being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like just this glamorous, you know, I don't even know face that's out yeah. there. Like our lives aren't just magically all, all it's not a character. I, yeah. it's so, so something that I've shared with this audience before, but I'll share with you now is that I actually was an actress for 10 years. I was a oh, okay. professional actress, like on TV, in the movies, the whole nine, like successful on paper. And sometimes I feel like PTSD from acting with the online space where I'm like, Oh, people are expecting a character mm. or like I'm seeing people who there's just something off right about the way that yeah. they're representing themselves online and you can tell like you can yes. tell when it's disingenuous mm-hmm. and that little alarm bell starts ringing so you might not have an answer for this but I'm betting you do how <laughs> I will do try you- great <laughs> that's all we can do so if we're <laughs> human beings with full beautiful vibrant complicated lives how can we show up in a way that is a brand, right? Like Mm -hmm. a business while still letting people in on our humanity. Yeah. Big question. That's a, it is a big question. And it's also one of those things where it's like, it depends. Like, obviously we want to be real and we don't want to pretend that everything is sunshine and rainbows when it's not. Mm -hmm. But if you're also representing yourself like as a business, um, you still want to toe that line of being professional and like letting your customers know that they can still, you know, rely on you mm-hmm. as a business. Um, so I'll use myself as an example. Um, so obviously I'm divorced, I'm co-parenting. It's not the prettiest situation. Um, but I, when I do mention it, it's just about the kids. Like, oh, the kids are with their dad right now, or, you know, they're back. I missed them. We're happy. Like that's, that's the only thing that I talk about when it comes to that. Or, um, you know, like my weekends are my personal life. Maybe I'll share this food I had that was really good or like this movie or this book I read, but like you get to pick and choose what you want to show. Um, and if I'm having a bad mental health day, you know, I'll, I'll post like, Hey, not feeling great you know, if you feel this way too, it's okay. And so I don't go into details of like my diagnosis or like anything like that. So I think, I think finding that balance of what you're comfortable with. And if you are a parent in a co-parenting relationship, just know everything you put on the internet is forever. Hmm. So one day your children may see it. So you just, you know, that's something to keep in the back of your mind when you're posting what you're posting. God, that's such a great way to think of it, Shante. I feel like um, what I'm hearing and what I'm gleaning from it is like, it's not about how much you share or don't Mm -hmm. share. It's the content that you choose to share, the impact that it has, not just on your online community, but your real life community. But the real nugget there is like, as long as it's not disingenuous, Mm -hmm. then you're good, right? Because it's like, um, I don't remember who it was, but someone used the term phonerability, like F-A-U-X, oh, like faux fur, phonerability. That's a good one. Right. And I was like, yes, that, like that disingenuous kernel of like, 
I don't know. Like <laughs> it's you can you can, can tell. feel it in your gut, but you it's hard it to explain. But you're yeah. like some something's not quite there. It carries over into business content too. Cause like there are some people who just share like, you know, business tips or you know, their top five tools or resources, or like this is how I do this thing, and this is for this audience, and that's mm-hmm. great. But if there's not a grounded, healthy person, it comes through and it feels mm-hmm. salesy. Yeah. I, I talk about this all the time with copy and copywriting, right? Like if someone's just plug and play using a formula, you're not going to connect with them. But if yeah. they're genuinely helping you, you will connect with them. And right. I think the same is really true for social media. Yes. Yes. And I, I totally agree with that. And I think part of having a business that is online is walking that, that line between using social media responsibly, Mm. um, not just as someone who's creating content, but someone is, who's, you know, consuming it. You want to make sure you're taking care of yourself, setting boundaries and limits and all of those things too. What kind of boundaries and limits would be an example Oh, okay. I I mean, I have a few, but the first one would be set a time to unplug every week. So I unplug every weekend. That is my family time um, because it just gets so easy to just get sucked in. And just when we're sitting there, let's just scroll a little bit. Let's just check our DMs. Um, And I found that that has a pretty big impact on my mental health and like Mm -hmm. not feeling recharged when I come back into the office on Monday. I say office, but it's like my home office. Um, Still an office. (laughs) (laughs) I come back in, sit at my desk on Monday. Um, I, yeah. And I felt, I found that that helps me not get burnt out, uh, which is also huge. And being a business owner is, is not being burnt out. Um, and then the other one would be only allowing yourself to follow or engage with content that makes you feel good. Um, so if it does feel disingenuous or if somebody says something that feels off or like shames you, there's a lot of like skeezy marketing tactics. Totally. Um, so if there's anything going on there, protect yourself, protect your energy and just give them an unfollow. Ah, that goes both ways too, doesn't yeah. it? Yes. Like protect yourself and unfollow that skeezy marketing tactic. But what is the, I forget the original source like, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And I feel like, has it, it Star Wars? I don't know. If you I, guys I know, like put Star it in Wars, the- but I'm not, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> if you guys know, put it in the comments when I post yeah. this on social. <laughs> Um, but yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. Social media allows us to wield great power. And it also has the capacity to wield great power over us. Yes, And so we have to approach that power with responsibility and we're the only ones who know how much is healthy to engage with and how much is healthy to post. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really, really interesting concept. Okay. So let's say a business owner knows that they need to be using social. I hear this all the time as a copywriter, especially when people are like, I don't know what to say on social media. So I'm so curious about what you, how you would answer these people. They go, I know I need social media to grow 
Um, but I feel like I go up and down with like posting a ton and then I get burnt out and I'm, I go radio silent for weeks, maybe months. And then I'm like, Oh crap, I need social media for my business. And it's this roller coaster. Mm-hmm. How would you approach that issue? Um, well, if you have it in the budget, hire a social media manager. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you do not, um, and you're doing it yourself, kudos to you for, for trying to do this. It is a full-time job. That is why I have a job. Um, so just know that we, it, it's a lot on your plate. Um, and it's not easy. Um, and if you are in this position, what I would say is don't beat yourself up. If you fall off the wagon, it's social media is a long game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so like, let's say you're trying to, to get healthy. Um, it's not like you can change your diet and start exercising and you'll be healthy a week from now. Right. It's like maybe six months, 12 months, like you'll, you'll really see the changes then. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something people get caught up in with social media. They feel like it's like a really short race where, Oh, I got to post, I got to post, I got to post. And then a few months go down the road and like, I can't do this anymore. And then they have to start back over where it's maybe spread your posts out. Um, you could also post things like what are the most frequently asked questions that your customers give you? Like a lot of people are worried about sounding repetitive or being too basic and, you know, not feeling like they, they're really showing off their expertise, but you also have to remember who's finding you on social media. Um, they're probably brand new. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you do. Like the basics are what they're looking for. And so, yeah, that's one of the things is don't overthink it either. Uh, the basics are what they're looking for. God, I feel like that's going to be the title of this episode because that's a <laughs> reminder that I need all the time. Cause the trap as yeah. a writer is like, I'm going to write this amazing essay. <laughs> Yeah, but I know no one's <laughs> going to read, but I have to say something new. Uh, the basics right. are what they're looking for. Okay. So you mentioned if it's in the budget, hire a social media manager. Mm-hmm. What are some questions that someone might ask themselves to see if they're ready for a social media manager to make that decision whether to hire someone or not? Yes. So first you need to know what your goal is with social media. What are we trying to accomplish? Sometimes it's traffic to your website. Sometimes it's growing your email list. It could just be growing your brand or getting sales. Like you need to know these things so you can communicate them to your social media manager. Um, And then you also need to have a way to get quality content to them, whether that's photography, if you have products. Um, And if you're not skilled at photography, hiring someone to take photos for you. Um, having like good branding or a logo or like just you, you need to be able to be professional and present yourself that way for your social media manager to be able to apply that. That's not something that they can just, you know, whip up themselves and everything's going to magically work out. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this point up because this happens all the time with people skipping the step of building a brand voice with copy. Like it's, they just pick some colors and a logo and they think they're done. And that's not the case at all. Like it is, it's going to be impossible to hire someone, whether it's a social media manager, a professional copywriter, like anybody until you have dialed in your brand beforehand. 
And yes. like, I'm sure that there are social media managers who also help with branding. Mm-hmm. But if you're just hiring a social media manager, the branding has to be locked in first. Yes. Yes. And I think what even a step before that is knowing who your audience is yeah, and like why they want to buy from you. Mm-hmm. That will reflect your brand, all of the brand. Yeah. And then that will all be applied to your social media. So if you're, you, if there's gaps there, and you're placing all of that responsibility on your social media manager's shoulders to like figure this out on their own when you don't even know it, you're setting them up for failure mm-hmm. essentially. And and you're going to be disappointed and feel like you wasted your money. Completely. I talk about this in the second module of my signature course copy class, which is entirely about audience and ideal mm-hmm. customer avatar and People are like, damn, like an entire module just on audience. And I'm like, yeah, because that is the foundation on which the entire business is built. It is not built on your skills, period. Like, I don't care who you are. Every single business owner is solving a problem. And the problem starts from who is actually going to pay you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Great. It sounds very straightforward, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I feel like first, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get when I people know. miss it and they're like, okay, just sell it to, tell it to my audience. I'm like, just okay, well, who sell is your it. audience? Oh, that's so uh, true. Everyone, whoever has, whoever has money is my audience. And I'm like, I can't, I can't sell to someone that is everyone. <laughs> that's so true. I talk about this with Every single person who comes to me and is confused about their messaging, every single person has that exact problem. I don't want to alienate anybody. I don't want to niche down. And it's like, well, do you want a business that actually is financially, you know, solvent or do you not want to niche down because it's one or the other? (laughs) I'm so sorry to break it to you. (laughs) It's like having like really bland food. Yes. Expecting people to want that instead of like flavoring it certain ways or, you know, having a certain type of food. Like, yeah, nobody wants oatmeal for every meal. No. (laughs) Or at least throw some like fruit in there or some like cinnamon. Yeah. 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 You gotta, you gotta differentiate from just gruel. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. Shantae. So you also support and mentor social media managers. So a lot of people who listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs and a lot of them are very creative. And I know a lot of them work in or with social media. So if someone is thinking about becoming a social media manager, what might be some things that you would suggest that they think about when they are at the beginning of their journey? Ooh, Such a great question. I think one of the very first things is making sure that they understand or are willing to work on their personal boundaries. Mm. Um, Because, and I, I mean, I've only worked with social media managers. I don't know if this applies to others. It probably does. I'm sure it Um, does. (laughs) But when you work one-on-one with a client and it's social media, which is 24 seven, essentially, um, some clients expect you to be available 24 seven or to whip something up on the spot. Um, or, you know, to behave like an employee when you're not an employee. And so knowing what's okay and not okay, um, especially when you're, you don't have experience, I think is, is really going to help 
um, because so many start, they take on a client um, and then the client wants the moon and they're like, okay, here's the moon. But like, I can't keep doing this all the time. Like, I think I'm just going to quit. And so it's, it's just one of those things where if you want to make this, like where you're going to make a living from it, you got to have boundaries in place for your time and your energy and what you want to do and payment and just all of the things. So that's where I would start is figuring that out. And then a more actionable, like, what do I do? Um, You're going, I actually have, I have a, a whole post on this in my free community. Um, But you know, you want to decide what services you're going to offer, which platforms, who you're going to work with, what your pricing is, and then you go from there. I love that. Establishing your boundaries before you start connecting with potential clients. It's so important. I mean, so my mom is a therapist and I remember even being a kid and her telling me, this is maybe TMI, sorry, everybody. But like, um, I remember her telling me like the first time I ever started like having a serious crush on a boy and like, she knew that there was probably going to be some kissing and whatever. Yeah. And she was like, okay, Kelsey, you don't have to talk about it with me. You don't have to tell me what your decision is, but before you go on this movie group to go see <laughs> Pearl Harbor, yeah. Oh, so romantic. I know. Eighth grade. What a year. (laughs) Um, you have to make a decision beforehand what you will and won't like what you do and don't want or what you are willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And she didn't tell me what was right or what was wrong, which Mm -hmm. a plus mama Karen. Yeah. Go mom. Um, right. I know. Uh, I was very lucky, but it was, it's such a thing later in life that you can apply to anything, like decide what you will and won't do before you engage in an activity or a relationship, whether it be romantic friendship, client, Mm -hmm. any of them boundaries, boundaries are great. And boundaries are hard. (laughs) They are hard. And that's something that you still, you know, I think it takes years and years to learn, especially if it's, it's a relationship you haven't been in before, like with a client, for example, you don't necessarily know what they're going to ask or want you to do for them. So you might have to kind of figure them out on the spot. You might say, yeah, I'm okay with doing that. And then realize, oh, wait, I'm not actually okay with doing that. So also be gentle with yourself if you make mistakes, because you will, you're Mm, brand new. That's so true. One more question about boundaries, because talking about this, I'm like, oh, well, we have a relationship with social media too. Yeah. Which means we have to set boundaries with social media too. And I know you, you have your unplugged days and that's awesome. Um, and there might not be an answer for this, which great, but a lot of people are worried about how often do I post and on what platform and, they have a hard time setting boundaries with like their time on the apps, which I think prevents them from being consistent. Mm -hmm. Is there, and I'm sure the answer is probably it depends, but is there a magic like number to aim for of how often we should be putting content up on social media to stay consistent 
without like burning out and while holding boundaries? It depends. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, no, I get this question a lot. And a lot of times people are, they believe consistency is like a set number of posts. But I take consistency as are we, you know, maybe we're posting once a week. Maybe sometimes we have the energy to post three times a week, one week, and then the following week, it's just once. So I think the consistency part is actually just making sure timeline wise, at least something is happening. Maybe you don't have time to post a week and that's okay, but you could be maybe showing up in your stories. You could be chatting with people in the comments. You could be engaging on other people's posts. You don't necessarily have to post, especially if you're a business owner and you're juggling multiple things. Now, if you have a social media manager, like obviously they're going to be able to help you post content more consistently. And, you know, it depends on what platform you're on of how often and best practices and all of that. But I don't like to give set numbers for people who are doing it themselves because then it like, it's a goal post and then they feel bad and they beat themselves up if they don't reach it. So your goal post should be individual to you and what you have the time and capacity for. And I think it's okay to move it around. <laughs> Huzzah. I'm doing uh, <laughs> applause hands. Oh, that was so great. Shantae, what an amazing answer. Um, where can people find you? How can people support you and learn from you? Because goodness knows I do. And even though I know you support mainly social media managers right now, entrepreneurs, can definitely learn a lot from you because I know I do. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, Instagram is my platform of choice. It's where I like to hang out. Um, it's at Sugar Punch Marketing. Um, and then if you are a social media manager, I have training specific to you on YouTube and then in my free community. So you can find all that linked over on my website, which is sugarpunchmarketing.com. I love it. It packs a punch. It's very yes. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for being here, Shantae. And thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Find Your Magic. I'm Kelsey Foremost, and we will see you next time. Hey, Magic Maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic. <laughs>